Good morning. Good morning. I love you guys. I'm so glad you're here. It's a good day. Oh, certainly. Well, we got lots of announcements, but I thought, you know, who wants to hear announcements? I just had a grandson this week, and I thought I'd tell you all about him. <laughs> He's so perfect. God is good. Um, well, it's Labor Day weekend, and the office will be closed on Monday. So um, if you need something, I'm sure there's some kind of... Uh, Phone number you could call, huh, Pastor? <laughs> call Pastor. Um, if you have an emergency. Oh, yeah, call Al if you have an emergency. Huh, Joanne? Um, <clears throat> well, we got uh, Bridges to Recovery graduation celebration. That is a celebration. That is so fun. If you can come, you ought to. That's something. That's going to be on uh, Tuesday, September 6th at First Baptist Church, Jacksboro, 6 p.m. And we are celebrating Misty and uh, Kayla, Morgan, Heather, and Kelsey. <laughs> Is that good or what? That's a good stuff. We just give God all that glory, man. Mm. And there's a sleep in heavenly peace. I don't know if y'all know much about that, but my husband just loves it. Because he's a military guy, huh? Stanley will know about this, and he loves order. He loves everything to be just right, and everybody doing their job. And he went and saw that where they're out in front of Food City making these beds for these babies that need beds, and he never saw such a a line. One going to the other knew exactly what they were doing. Going to the other, he's like, "This is so cool." He didn't have to tell anybody anything. They were just doing their job. And he's like, oh, I love this. And I'm like, oh, gosh. But, um, <laughs> hey, anybody knows Al knows how he is, you know. He was in the military too long. But um, so that's exciting, making uh, bunk beds for children in need, September 10th. And you can contact Al Truett if you want to know. But um, anyway, let's see. We got prayer uh, prayers this week for our community because it is a kingdom thing we pray for everybody our local mission focus is grace emmaus local school jellico elementary local church east jacksboro baptist church local business campbell county courthouse and we had all those new judges sworn in Bill Jones, Zach Walden, and Elizabeth Ashbury. So we definitely need to have them in prayer so they can make some good decisions. Missionary focus, grace and truth orphanage ministries. And a church plant, Bruce Crock in Columbia Falls, Montana. Wow, there's a lot going on. So let's take a few minutes and pray for all of these local our, for our community and for these other things. Oh, Father, it is so good to be in your house and that we can freely come here and praise your name and worship you, Lord. Thank you for that. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ and the joy that they bring me every day that I come in here and worship with them. I thank you for that. Lord, we have... Lots of missions, uh, our community, mission focus, schools, church, business, missionary, church plants, Lord, all going on. You know exactly what's going down and how these people are helping spread the gospel. And I pray that you'll be with the business and in our community, Lord, that the people working there will take time to share a smile or some love or the gospel with others coming in and out of their businesses and places, uh, schools and things of that nature, Lord. I'm just so excited to just be in this area, Lord. It's so beautiful. You blessed us with some beautiful mountains and lakes and trees, and you blessed us with some beautiful people. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for what it does to my heart 
seeing the love of the people in this community. I thank you. And I pray you'll be with all of these that we mentioned in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, there's a few in our congregation. Wanda Herbert, she's she's been ill. Susie w Wilson, she was having a tough time there, but she's doing better. And I heard that she felt a little better than she has in a long time. So that is awesome. Now, Mark and David Pig's daddy is going to go get a CAT scan this week. So we want to remember him. And Charlotte Snodderly, that poor woman's got some migraines going on. And we know that just messes up your whole day, messes up your stomach and the whole nine yards. Um, Bridges to Recovery, we were talking about the graduate. Bye, baby. Yeah. Um, Bridges to Recovery, they got many transitions, things going on, changes, people in and out, so we need to pray for that. All right, let's take a minute for that. Father God, I just pray right now for these people that we mentioned that have our, our, our ill, um, Wanda and Susie and Mark and David's dad needing a CAT scan and some other people that we haven't mentioned in our church that aren't feeling well, you know, and Charlotte and her migraines, Lord, and um, I just pray for your healing hand on them, and I pray like we learned in Sunday school today. We will pray and believe without doubting, Lord. And um, we trust your will. We trust you and your decisions, Lord. And we just thank you for your, your love for us. Um, be with Bridges of Recovery and all the changes going on there. What a powerful ministry it is, Lord. And um, it's a joy getting to know the women that come into that home, Lord. I learn from each and every one of them, and I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing in their life, and I thank you for the workers there. Thank you, Father, for all of these, and be with those that are ill, and give them peace, and give them comfort. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. <clears throat> thank you, Arlene. Al, would you like a moment? <laughs> thought you might would like to defend yourself or something. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm fair that way, Al. <laughs> okay. Good morning, everyone. Those that are here, we're glad that you're here. Those that are watching online, glad that you are tuning in to us online. It's always good to, man, just to gather. The fellowship that you get from God's people, the encouragement, just to be together. And then that we get to come together and hear uh, hear from His Word, uh, and then respond in worship. Our mission here at New Horizon is to bring glory to God by loving Him the most, by loving others as Jesus has loved them, by making disciples of all nations. And we believe we grow in those areas because we don't believe we're perfect in those areas. Just because we say that is our mission doesn't mean that we're good at it all the time. Sometimes we're really bad at it. But, uh, but we're growing in that area, and we believe we grow by being a part of this worship group, by being a part of a life group or a Sunday school class, a discipleship group. It's all about living in community with people and having a place to serve. And those areas grow you to be who Christ wants us to be. Our values at New Horizon are grace and truth and growth. Title of today's message is this, Renewing Our Mind. Renewing Our Mind. First thing that we'll look at is a view of self. Renewing how what we see about ourselves. Renewing our mind, transforming our mind to how what our identity in Christ is. See, last week we looked at Romans 12, 1 and 2. In the view of the truth that we were the enemies of God, but because of the person and works of Jesus, we now have peace with God. But not only peace, but we were brought near to Him so that we experience favor from God, and we receive this as a gift by faith. But in view of this mercy, Paul said that the reasonable thing for us to do, the logical thing for us to do, was to offer our life as worship. Is to say, here God, here's my life, do what you want. What's interesting though is that he doesn't stop there. He continues on so that we understand what does it mean to say, God, here's my life. 
I offer it to you as an offering. What does it mean? And he really gave us two things. Think about this. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let this world tell you how to act, think, talk. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think about that. Did you ever think about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind is literally worship? Is literally us giving our lives to God and saying, wherever I'm at, whether I'm on the job or I'm in my home, whether I'm with a neighbor or I'm playing with the guys, I'm, going to lie. I'm not going to be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. See, and I believe now that in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he begins sharing with us, let's talk about renewing your mind. And he will do it through the remainder of this book. So the rest of our time in Romans, we're going to spend renewing our mind. And today what we're looking at is our identity in Christ. How we see ourselves. How we view ourselves. So let's look. Let's look first at this. This is how Paul begins. First view is this. Don't think too high of yourself. Look at it, look at it with me in verse 3. Verse 3, he says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Do you remember Paul said this to begin with? He says, why do we not think more highly than we ought to think? Because it is grace that we've received what we have. Which means what? Which means that we didn't earn it and we didn't deserve it. But we have and we are. This is what Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15.10. Paul said, I am what I am by the what? Grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. So Paul is saying, so don't think too highly of yourself, okay? Because we are what we are just by His grace. I, I want us to just... Think about some other verses, and I'm going to have them all on the screen, but some other verses that help us to understand this. 1 Corinthians 8, 2, Paul said this, If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. The ideal is this. Let me, let me give you Chris Thomas's version. If you think you know something, you come in here this morning and you think, Boy, I know something. You don't know anything to what you ought to know. There's still some learning to do. So the whole idea, let's not think too highly of ourselves. But, but look at 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands... Oh, I've got it. I figured it out. I'm standing... Boy, if you think you stand, take heed, take heed, stop a minute, take some caution, because you might be fixing to fall. Boy. Look, look, look at James 4.10. James 4.10 said, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Look at 1 Peter 5.6. It says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Look at Matthew 23, 12. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Uh-oh. Hello. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Look at Romans 12, 16. We may get there next week. I'm not for sure, but we may. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Do not be haughty. But associate with the lowly. Don't think you're better than somebody else. Because the reality, what he's saying, without Christ and without His grace, you and I are not anything. Right? He says, so don't think too high. Let's get a right view of who we are. Look at this. Look at Matthew 18.4. Whoever humbles himself like this, Child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Hello. Whoever comes down and you, you know what you know what a child does? A child says, I'm dependent on you. A child says, I need you. 
You know what he's saying? Who's the greatest in the heaven? Is those adults who humble themselves like a child and say, God, I need you. I need you. And then James 4, 6 says this. But he who gives more grace, therefore it says, watch this. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Would you think about that for a moment? So, so Paul has said, let's renew our mind. And let's not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Because there are days when you and I think highly of ourselves and the reality is, and I want you to get this, and then there are days, and I'll get to this in just a moment, there are days that we don't think so highly of ourselves. But on those days that you think really highly of yourself, will you remember this statement? You're never as good as you think you are. You're never as good as you think you are. It's just the reality, right, of who we are in Christ. All right, now let's continue looking at the second view. Look at verse 3 again. It's a different part of verse 3, Matthew. <clears throat> there you go, sir. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I, I'm not going to go there. You don't have to go there. But to think with sober judgment. So he's just told us, don't think too highly of yourself. And then he says, but to think with sober judgment. Well, what is he saying when, when he says, don't think with sober judgment? What he's saying is, okay, I don't want you to think too highly of yourself, but I also don't want you to think too lowly of yourself. You see, I talk about the ditches because I believe that's the American culture is we like to drive our cars in the ditches. We, we ride in a ditch that, that when one, some days we think too lowly of ourselves and then we get in the road and then we ride in another ditch on other days where we think too highly of ourselves and we just can't stay out of the ditches. And he's saying, Paul's saying, I want you to renew your mind. I don't want you to think too highly of yourself, but I don't want you to think too lowly of yourself. You see, an inflated view of ourself is dangerous, but a deflated view of ourself is dangerous. They're both dangerous. But I want you to get this. Just as I said that you're never as good as you think you are on some days. Listen, on those other days, you're never as bad as you think you are. When you're really just wearing yourself out, self-loathing, beating yourself up, mad at yourself because of something you've said or done or not done, you're not nearly as bad as you think you are. Just, it's okay. <clears throat> so, as we continue to think about this, then there's three things that Paul gives us. It's interesting here. Not only do we not think so highly of ourselves, but we also we don't think so low of ourselves. And then he gives us three reasons not to think low of ourselves. The first one is this. <clears throat> we all have received a measure of faith. L look at the end of verse 3 again. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Every one of us, that, that is not saying, listen to me, that is not saying that one person gets more faith than someone else. What that is saying is that God has given a standard. It's a measure. It's this. God has given each one a gift. God has gifted each one of us in a very specific way. So you and I don't have to think too lowly. Now watch where our identity is coming from. Be careful here. Because part of the reason that we begin to feel low is we compare ourselves to what advertisements and what the world and what other people seem to be putting on their Facebook that may not always be true. That's why I don't have Facebook. I think I'm too real to be on Facebook. Maybe Facebook could use some realness and not some pretending. And putting on airs. And that everything is perfect and good. Because things are not always perfect and good. Things are hard and rough. And our minds sometimes not what they ought to be. 
So let me continue. We, but we all have this measure of faith. We've all been assigned a gift from God. We've been given it to. Because of that gift, you and I don't have to think lowly. But we don't have to get our identity by comparing ourselves to what the world says is successful. We don't have to get our identity from what others seem to be showing is successful. We don't have to compare ourselves. Our identity comes because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. And He's given me a gift. Now, watch the second reason I want you to see. Second reason is this. We all belong. We belong. Look at verse 4 with me. Verse 4 says this. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Listen, we're a part of one body. We all belong to that body. This is not about whether we're going to be, we might be accepted, we might not be accepted, we might be loved, we might not be loved. No, we belong here. We belong. We're here, we're a part. We have a gift. We have the Spirit of God. Christ in us, we belong. And we have a gift and we're here. And look at the third reason. The third reason comes from verse 5. We all matter. Did you get that? We all matter. Look at verses 5 and 6. 5 and 6 says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, individually members one of another. Verse 6, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. There may be many of us made up, but we're individuals. We're not numbers. We're not a warm body to just fill the seat. Each of us brings something to the table. Each of us brings something that matters. The problem is, is that you and I don't recognize that everybody matters. And you and I don't recognize that individually that we matter. Because we think the only ones that matter are those that are seen and heard. Let me help you with this. When you all come in this morning, probably no one here has any idea who unlocked the doors, who turned the lights on. Who set the thermostat so it's not hot in here? Probably have no idea who went and got donuts, who made the coffee, who set the tables up, who drove a van. You don't have any idea about those things. You don't have any idea who who cleaned the building so it's not dirty, who cleaned the bathrooms, because we all know how important bathrooms are. I mean, we, we, we know that clean bathrooms, and we rejoice... I think our church has the cleanest bathrooms in the county. We believe in clean bathrooms. But you know what? At the end of the day when we leave here, you know what's going to matter? And I'm not saying this in high tech. I'm telling you what I, is, is what songs was sung and what I said. And we don't consider that it matters that who set the air condition. We don't consider who it matters that that toilet's clean. We don't consider how it matters that the lights and the doors was open. We don't consider how it matters that the tables was set up and the donuts was put up. We don't consider all of that matters. Without all of that, how often would you come back? If the lights wasn't on, it was 85 degrees in here and the bathrooms was nasty, you'd say, I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm going back there. Isn't that what you would say? That's what you'd say, right? It's a struggle, you see, because we only think about what matters. Guys, listen to me. We don't have to think lowly of ourselves, too lowly of ourselves, because we've been given a gift, because we belong, and because you matter. Everyone here matters. Now let's continue this thought as we... And maybe the listeners of Romans, I think they were probably there. And maybe you're saying, 
I get it, Chris. I understand what you're saying, but I need help this morning knowing how I matter. Because I didn't do any of those things that you were talking about. I really hadn't even thought about that those things are done every Sunday morning. I don't even realize they're done. But I don't know what my gift is exactly. I don't know how to even use my gift. What is my gift? How do I determine what my gift is? How do, how do I determine? Because I believe this. I believe that our identity, Paul's renewing our minds so we not think so highly of ourselves, too, lo, too, too, low, too high or too low, but we think soberly that this is who we are and my identity's in Christ and my identity's in the gift that He's given us. So Paul does this in verses 6 through 8. Or seven and eight. Starts in six. What Paul does is he gives us seven gifts. Now listen, this is not an exhaustive list. There's gifts of the Spirit that are found in 1 Corinthians 12. There's gifts of the Spirit found in, a, in Ephesians 4 and in 1 Peter 4. Four different places. And I personally don't think that's exhaustive. I personally think there's even more gifts than what is named there in those four different places. But the question that we have that we have, and what Paul wants to begin to do is he wants to begin to give us a list of gifts. And I want to begin to talk about these gifts in such a way that I hope to explain them in a way that you might say, and this is not the exhaustive, I'm just going to use seven, but it's a good list to start with. And you might be able to say, I believe that one's me. Or I might be, I believe that one's me. And then I hope to give you Ways that you can say, I see how to use my gift, not only at church, but I see how to use it on the job. I see how to use it in my family. I see how to use it as a neighbor. I see how, how being transformed makes me useful. Now, watch with me as we go through these. Look at verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, the Greek word has two meanings, and they were both used in the New Testament. It is someone who, uh, who, who, has an, who has an inspired word for the church about the future, maybe an exhortation, maybe a correction, but is also someone who speaks the truth of God's word each and every week. But both of these have to agree with Christian doctrine defined by Scripture. On any given Sunday, I'm going to be doing the gift of prophecy. I'm going to be speaking truth from this Word. But it may not be the only gift of prophecy that is done. There may be somebody else that you have a conversation with and they speak a truth to your life that just like maybe sometimes it makes you mad. Because sometimes the truth hurts before it sets you free. But somebody speaks a truth to you, and you think, ooh, that hurts. But then after you think about it, you think, boy, that's what I needed to hear. That makes perfect sense in my life right now. I needed that truth today. And you get that truth. And it doesn't have to always be from me. It can be, it can be sitting around that table eating a donut, drinking a cup of coffee. Can be in your Sunday school class. Can be sitting in here next to somebody. Look at the next gift. The next gift is this. <clears throat> the next gift is if service, verse 7, if service in our serving. Service is practical helps. You remember all that that I talked about? The lights being turned on, the sound booth running, the slides being uploaded, the sound being made right, the video being taken. Listen, that stuff don't just happen. It happens because people are practically helping so that the service goes well and so that those at home get to watch it and so that those that are serving in another building will get to watch it later. It's a practical help. Just let me serve. Let me make sure that it's done. It's service. The, the next one is teaching. Look at what he says. 
and one who is teaching in his teaching. It's more, if I could describe the teaching, the definition, it would be more like a coach who's able to practically tell a child or, or someone how to swing a bat in order to get the most out of that swing and to hit that ball. They're able to apply and teach in a way that they're able to learn it and get it. I'm getting that. I'm understanding that. It's to take and teach so that someone can apply it to their life. Exhort. Those who are exhorting in exhortation. It's to encourage. It's for someone to come alongside of you when you're going through a difficult time. You're going through a hard time, but somebody is showing you some love. Somebody's coming alongside of you. Listen, and they're not, they may not just be petting you and encouraging. They may be giving you truth, but what they're doing is they're walking with you all the way through it. There are many people in our church right now that are walking with somebody through a difficult time. And none of us know it. Can I tell you that you matter? Sound booth, can I tell you you matter? Children's church matters. Larry, Christy, Liz, Al. Al, I hope you didn't make Navy coffee this morning. You all, you, what you're doing, you matter. You matter. Navy coffee, by the way, the spoon stands in it, you know, and it's rough stuff. And he loves it. I don't know why. But you matter. You hear me? You matter. But one who encourages wants to come alongside somebody and walk through it all the way. If you're having, if somebody's walking alongside of you right now, can I, can I challenge you on something? This is what wears an encourager out. This is when an encourager will quit. When you're not doing what they're encouraging you to do. Because when you stop doing what they're encouraging you to do, they don't feel like you're participating in the plan. So they're going to go find somebody else that will participate in the plan. They know what their gift is. It's an encourager. Look at the next one. The next one is this, is one who gives. To, to contribute with gen generosity. The, the ideal of giving is to give. Listen, it's not only somebody who gives generously, but it's somebody who gives wisely. It's somebody who looks at the situation and says, man, that's where I can give and it'll make the most for the kingdom of God. Listen, can I say that so many of you all give every week and nobody ever says anything to you. You don't get a card that says thank you or nothing else. Can I say you matter? Can I say it matters on how we spend that money? Do you realize this year we're on track right now to, have, to give away to missions, community ministries, discipleship, to give away $100,000? Money that will go out of this church building. Giveaway. We're on track. Give away a hundred grand this year. We couldn't do that if you weren't giving. We couldn't be replacing our air conditioned units, having a plan put in place for our roof to fix it. We couldn't be doing that if people were not generously giving. But you generously give so we get to do that. That's what giving is. What about leading? One who leads. It's to organize. It's to cast vision. You realize the worship team leads us every week. They, start la they started last Monday for Sunday. Did you all know this? Last Monday, I sent, I sent them a text and said, this is what the message is going to look like this week. They began praying. And they begin asking God, how will this honor you, Father? What song will honor you? How will it tie to the message that's on Chris's heart? How will that work? They come together Tuesday night, and they practice, and they put it together. They meet here on Sunday morning early, 
Go through it again so they can what? Not so they can perform for you, but so they can lead you. What does it mean to lead you in worship? It means that we, you all, me, that we participate, that we sing with them, that we worship with them, that they're not just singing to us, but they're not singing to us at all. They're singing to God, and we join them in singing to God. They're leading us. To worship Him. They're not putting on a performance. It's leading us to worship Him. It's what leadership does. Mercy. The last one. is to acts of mercy with cheerfulness. It's to love the poor. Those who are in addiction. Those in the nursing home. Those in the hospitals. People are hurting. Realize that. Every week with students, every week we serve downtown. You realize we, for five years, we're coming up on October. Five years we've been serving a meal downtown. Every year among homeless and those in addiction. We've been working in Celebrate Recovery. Some of us here in this room have been working in Celebrate Recovery for, for 10, 11, 12 years. Some of us have been working every week. Why? Because our gift is mercy. And we care about those that are hurting. And we want to get them out of that. We want to extend that mercy. So the question is still, I've gone through all of that and I've shared some things of how the church is using those gifts. But the question is still, how do I know what my gift is? Well, some of it's self-examination. Well, when you think about things, what, what, do you see problems? Do you see problems? When you see problems, the question is, is, is if you see problems, you're a fixer. But listen to me about problems. If you come to my office and say, I've got this problem, I need you to fix it. I'm going to say to you, if you're recognizing that problem, it's probably your gift and God has called you to fix it. How do you plan to do that? A problem will determine your gifting. How, how do you respond to problems? What, what are the burdens you have? Do you see disorganization and how it can be organized? Do you see counseling needs and encourager? What are you good at? When you serve, how does it most help people? Experience. Listen, you will learn your gift as you begin to serve. So jump in, just get in and start doing stuff, and God will guide the path and reveal your gift your gift. Study the biblical list in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. There's some spiritual gift tests out there. You can take a spiritual gift test. They're not my favorite. I'll just be honest with you. They're not my favorite because I think they can change according to how your, person, how your attitude is the day you take them. According to what, what, what is you're passionate about that day or what you're mad about or what you're tired of. So they can change. You've kind of got to get in. But the truth of the matter is, this is what I believe. I believe we can learn our spiritual gifts more by how we respond to a problem than we can anything else. That looks like a problem. <laughs> that looks like a problem. Let me ask you some questions. If you're a prophet this morning, immediately you said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen Chris do. <laughs> it, 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 it's okay. You can acknowledge that. It's all right. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to say, I'm not calling you dumb, Chris, but I didn't like it. You can say, I didn't like it. That's what a prophet would do. A prophet would tell the truth and say, that just didn't make sense to him. I think there was a better way to explain this. Okay? If you're a servant, it's driving you crazy if this stuff's laying on the floor. If it practical helps, you're about like to die to get up and clean the mess up. Okay, you don't like it. It's practical helps. All right? If you're a teacher, 
You're going to come to me afterwards and say, there really was a better way to teach people that than throwing all that stuff on the floor. And let me explain to you what that would have looked like. Okay? If you are... Let me get back to my list to be sure that I get them all. If you're an encourager, you're going to come alongside of me because you want me to get through this. You know the prophet's already upset. Probably others are upset if they feel like they've got something I've thrown on the floor. There's a key that I don't know what it goes to. So you're an encourager and you're going to walk through this with me until all the mess is cleaned up in my life and put back in the basket. That's what encouragers do. Maybe, maybe you're one who gives and you're thinking, that was really dumb, but if there's anything broken, I'll pay for it. I'll take care of the finances on that. I, I get what you were doing. I'll replace it. You're a giver. If you are one who leads, you're just thinking about if he would stop talking, I would organize and get this mess cleaned up and get sure everything's in place and everything's done and everything's where it needs to be. Let me organize this. And if you have the gift of mercy, you're scared to death that somebody's going to hurt my feelings. You are going, I really like that, but I'm going to stand guard so that Al doesn't come down here and jump on Chris. I, I, don't, want, I don't want Al to say anything negative to Chris, so you're going to jump in front. Al, I figured she was throwing you under the bus already. I would too. It's all good. Renewing our mind. Getting our identity. I've seen many heads shake all the way across through this. You know who you are. You know if you're a truth teller, and you know truth needs to be told. You know, you know if you're a practical helps person, and all you have to do is look around and say, boy, this needs to be done, that needs to be done. I'm just going to start doing it. I don't have to be asked. I'm, I'm just here. I'm going to start doing it. You know. You know if you're a teacher. You know if you're an exhorter. I'll tell you the thing about exhorters is you don't have to hunt people to walk alongside of you. They find you. They'll find you. You know if you're an organizer. You know if you have mercy. I've seen it. I've seen your head shake. So our identity is not in how much money we make or earn in this world. Our identity is not in our political party. Our identity is not in our job. Our identity is not in our family name. Our identity is in, in Christ being in us, us in Him, and us using the gift that He has given us. That's the renewing of our mind. The question is, are you using your gift? Worship team, will you come? And let's worship together. And I pray that you'll just take this time in response to recognize where you're at and your identity and trust in Him this morning. One day you'll make everything new, Jesus. One day you will bind every wound. The former things will all pass away, no more tears. One day you'll make sense of it all, Jesus. One day every question resolved, every anxious thought left behind, no more fear. 
So, before we begin the last song and we take communion together, would you think about this? We don't think too highly of ourselves. You know why? Because without Christ, we're nothing. But we don't think too lowly of ourselves because with, with Christ, man, we have access to everything. But as we think about our gift, I want you to think about this illustration. Tom Richards shared this with the worship team Tuesday night as we was praying together. And he said, the thing about a transformation is this. The electric comes down. He's an electrician, retired. The electric comes down the poles, right? But if the voltage that it is is way too high for our home, so they set a transformer at the pole and it transforms that electricity into what will work at our house. Think about this statement though. But without transformation, our lives are useless. They're no good for the people in our home. They're no good for the people in our community. They're no good for the people in the church. Without the renewing of our minds, without a transformation, we remain useless. But as God renews us, renews us in our identity and our view of ourselves, understanding our gift and where our identity is, man, at that moment, we're useful for the kingdom of God. And it's why. Not because we earned it, deserved it. Not because God, God didn't look out over heaven like it was a draft and say, boy, I want to get David on my team. That's not what he did. God said, you don't have any abilities. You don't have anything to offer. You don't, I, I'm choosing you, then I'm going to equip you. I'm choosing you and gifting you. I'm doing it because I love you. It's God's grace and His love for us. Let's sing this last song as we take communion together. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Listen, I feel like we needed to clap right then. I don't know, but can we give God glory? Man, man. All right, listen, I want to make note this morning that it is 1128, <laughs> and I'm finished. And the only difference, Susan, would you let the only difference was your husband wasn't here? <laughs> Oh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get on Richard a little bit since he's not here. All right. Guys, listen, I love you, and you have a great Labor Day. Listen, and figure out your gift and your identities in Christ. Amen. Oh,
like the blood.